Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Upside Swings podcast, the podcast with the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by Stone Hanson and Ryan Davis. Stone, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Excited for round two of recording today. Um, I actually like this crop of guys a lot better than our last episode, so it should be pretty fun. Yeah. Davis? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited for these guys. I like most of them, honestly. I, I, a lot more than what we talked about last, but just staying inside until I have to work a little later when it cools down, but enjoying, enjoying talking, talking basketball right now. Today, uh, we have some really interesting guys we're going to hit on. Um, we already, like Stone mentioned, we already did a podcast today and uh, these guys are quite a bit more fun. Um, there might even be an argument or two in here and uh, they're not all bigs, so that makes me feel good. Actually, most of them are wings, which is uh, my favorite sort of positional group. Um, so we're going to start today with uh, a sort of forward big out of Villanova. Uh, Villanova generally produces pretty solid NBA prospects. Uh, they always tend to carve out solid careers. And this is Stone's guy. So Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Stone, uh, give us the elevator pitch. Yeah, um, so I'm admittedly much higher on on jre than probably the vast majority of people that are going to be listening to this um i'll start with the negatives i guess with him because there's there's so many positives for me with him uh some of the drawbacks i would say are um the big thing is athleticism right with him he's not a very quick twitch athlete he's not someone who um is going to be throwing down a whole lot of lobs, has a ton of bounce, um, even has a whole lot of like acceleration. Um, so athleticism is probably the biggest drawback for him, uh, which as a wing forwardy type is kind of um, an issue, but we'll, we'll get into why I think that's not as big an issue for me at least. Um, also, he has a neutral ring span, which as, as a wing forward, um, that's not great either. Guys, you, on that position, you kind of want him uh, really with any position you never really want to see a neutral you want some sort of positive wingspan um but uh i'll also get into the positives here on, on why i'm so high on him i have for the record jeremiah robinson are like top 20 so um the and the reason for that would be i've mentioned like pretty much every episode i feel like how much i value high iq guys um and i don't really think you can get much higher of an iq guy than than JRE in this draft. He's someone who he's very much a cerebral player, cerebral player. Um, He thinks the game, I I like to say with high IQ guys, it's almost like they think the game more than they play the game. Um, And and JRE definitely does that. I think at times Um, he's, I would, I think there's a strong case to be made that he's possibly the the best or most polished um, switch defender in this class. Uh, and, and there's, I think there's an important distinction to be made between being a switch defender and like a versatile defender. I think that often that line can often gets blurred by people where, um, if you're a switch defender or someone who can switch onto multiple positions, I think that's different than being an actual switch defender. Uh, like you see, um, for example, like, uh, any sort of wing, I guess, like, 
um, I'm trying to think of just a, a, like, let's say, for example, like maybe Tobias Harris, someone who is um, kind of like, you know, has the tools to be able to guard uh, up and down a couple positions, uh, can maybe guard like two or three positions. But that's different than, say, um, like an Aaron Gordon or like a Nick Claxton, guys who have sort of mastered the art of switching, because switching is sort of a skill, I think. Um, something that um, you have to seamlessly be able to switch onto your guy without leaving gaps for them to take advantage of, of um, any gaps that you leave in the defense. Uh, and I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl um, switches really seamlessly and is a really high level switch defender. Um, and I have no issues with him being that at the NBA level as well. Um, I mentioned his lack of athleticism, um, but I think he does a really good job defensively compensating for that um, by positioning himself really well and um, sealing off point of attack defenders too. Uh, he may struggle against some burstier guys, um, <clears throat> but I think for the most part, he's, he's pretty adept to sealing off point of attack um, perimeter oriented guys uh, on, on the defensive end. Um especially because of high-level footwork he has on both ends, too. He's able to uh, really move well with guys. Um, offensively, he has great footwork, too, and he's able to, um, uh, with his high IQ, see gaps in, in lanes and fill those um, impactfully. Uh, there's some guys, I think, that sort of run around and, and try and fill those gaps or holes, uh, but it doesn't really have a, a huge impact on the game. Uh, but with JRE, I think he, he cuts and, and uh, fills lanes and things uh, in a way that is impactful on, on the game. Um, something I, I mentioned his lack of athleticism, but something that I think gets a little bit underrated with him is his second jump. Uh, he actually has a pretty good spring off of his first jump and leading into his second jump, um, which can be good for rebounding. The, the thing with rebounding for him too, is he might be able to uh, get pushed out of position a little bit more um, or guys can, you know, sort of leap above him with, if they have longer wingspans and things like that, but um, he's really smart and uh, he's able to position himself well, I think too, um, in certain times. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I can't really undersell how good of a, or how high of IQ he has. Um, I wouldn't say he's ever gonna be a guy who can defend fives at the next level. I know some people see him as maybe a small ball five for stretches. I don't ever really see that for him. Uh, I think he's just not athletic enough, doesn't have the wingspan or the quickness uh, or the strength to do that at this point. So I don't really see that as part of his future. Uh, but as a one through four switchable guy defensively, I see that. Um, and offensively, I think he is really smart player. Like I said, cutting, um, he plays well within himself, knows his capabilities, knows his role very well. Uh, he knows he's never going to be, you know, the second, maybe even the third option on a team, but um, as the fourth or fifth, fifth option on the floor at any given time. I think he's um, he plays in that role really strongly. Um, and the last thing I would say is the shooting is, um, I'm not sure I buy him as a movement shooter ever, but I think as a spot-up guy, he can be a really high-level uh, spot-up guy with decent volume too. Um, so that's, that's my pitch to you guys on, on why I'm so high on JRE. Yeah, uh, Davis, do you have any JRE takes? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I like I like JRE not as not as much, not top twenty, but I think he's in my top thirty five. Um, so I do like him quite a bit as well. Um, just like Stone said, his IQ. Um, he just knows his role. He doesn't try to do too much. You know, chuck up dumb shots or you know force try to force anything. Um, and nothing like that. He's he's really smart. Um, and I, I do like the defensive versatility. Um, I, he might be able to play the, the small ball five if he gets a little bigger, um, but I, I don't think that'll really be, be his role. I think, you know, the four, and then he'll be able to switch really one through four. I don't think it'll be like elite, elite ones or anything, but um, I think he's pretty versatile on defense, but. Uh, yeah, I like him. I like him quite a bit. Um, like the the weaknesses he has, I don't see them as um, like a huge, huge weakness. I mean, like he's a little, he's a little like his strength. Um, but that's that's more just like if he's gonna play the five. I don't think the position he plays. I think his strength is is pretty pretty good, um, but. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely draft him. Probably, pro- I would, I would probably take a gamble in late first. But if you can get him in the early second or a late second, then you, you'll have a steal, I, I think. So that's in- so that's interesting. Um, you guys are definitely, I feel like, higher on it than I am. Um, I really, Stone, I really liked what you said about um, the difference in sort of switching as a skill versus, uh, like, physical versatility. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably the second highest IQ defender in this class behind Evan Mobley. Um, maybe I'd put Garuba uh, – uh, him and him and Garuba are, like, right there um, with, like, another guy we're going to talk about soon. Um, those are the three I would put. I mean, Evan Mobley to me is clearly number one, but um, – Robinson Earl is up there. He's really smart, has a good sense of how to kind of maneuver his body in a way that him being slow isn't taken advantage of. Um, But that also, I think, portrays my issue. It's that he kind of did just enough to get by, like, physically uh, on the perimeter in the NCAA. I worry in the NBA with the extra spaced floors and the quicker guards that that losing that one step he he can kind of have is really going to make it hard for him to to uh, switch on to guards, um, which isn't the be all end all of of a prospect's um, potential or anything. But I don't necessarily see him being able to guard once in the NBA. Um, it's not that he's slow laterally; it's just he's not fast either and him kind of falling in that middle ground can kind of limit some some high-end upside um for me at least um and then I also think that his offensive skill set I think is where I worry I think he'll be fine defensively I don't think he's ever going to be like like a defensive player of the year or anything um but he'll be a solid above average for uh, defensively in the NBA, in my opinion, long-term. Uh, 
I just really question the translation of the offensive skill set. Um, I think the shot looks okay, but I don't think he's great. He's great at like attacking closeouts. He's a smart passer, but uh, it's kind of like how we talked about Dayron Sharp in the last episode. I don't necessarily know how much I buy that that versatility um, and, 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 and the translation of that passing. Um, I don't think he's like athletic enough as a role man. Um, I just think there's there's just enough holes offensively, and without him being like an absurdly good defensive prospect, I do have some worries about uh, what type of what type of role he's going to fill um, in the NBA offensively. But Stone, I would I would love to hear you sort of uh, sort of guide me on what you think that's going to be. Yeah, um, so I think probably the biggest difference between him and Sharp. Uh, at least in terms of the the passing or anything like that translating is um, I really like uh, or at least prefer Jeremiah Robinson Earl as a shooter to Dayron Sharp moving forward. I think uh, being able to be at least a threat um, at the top of the key is something that Dayron Sharp at this point at least hasn't been. And I think Robinson Earl projects as that um, the percentages, it's difficult because the percentages aren't great. But I think this is more of a case of where I buy the eye test more than more than the percentages, uh, because <clears throat> the mechanics. I mean, you're you're sort of the the um, resident shot doctor of our group, but for me, the mechanics look really good to me. Um, there's there's no hitch in it. There's no. Uh, it's very fluid to me. There's there's nothing really wrong with it. Um, and he shows indicators of touch um, in the mid range too, to where I, I don't ever see him like. I don't think it's ever going to be a shot that you can't just leave open. Um, I think as a spot up guy, he can be really, I actually buy it as a really high level moving forward uh, as a spot up guy, at least. Um, I'm not sure you, you guys are probably maybe lower on that. Uh, and then the handle too, I think is functional to where he can attack closeouts and things like that. Um, I'm not really sure, you know, if he's going to be like uh ever, you know, sort of weaving through guys or, or splitting defenses apart or anything like that. But I think it's functional to a to attack closeouts, um, which again, I think is more than can be said than sharp as, which is sort of my reasoning as to why his, his passing might be a little more impactful. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, the other thing too is with Robinson Earl, you have to, you have to know what you're getting into with him in terms of, you're not drafting, you're not ever drafting him to be like a second or third guy on your team uh, offensively as an option. I don't think, I don't think that's really what he's meant to do and, or what he's going to be asked to do at the next level. Um, and again, as a small ball five, I think that's the same sort of thing where I don't think he's ever, or at least at this point, ever going to be asked to be a sort of a small ball five. He's not really a rim protector at this point. Um, and like we, we sort of mentioned, he's not really um, just capable of defending that position at this this point in time. Um, so I think if you have those things in mind, drafting Robinson Earl, um, you're going to be really pleased with what he gives you in, in the role that you ask him to, uh, to fill. Um, you're asking him to be, you know, like a fourth or fifth option in your offense um, and sort of take a back seat. But make impactful plays where it counts um, with, with his high IQ. And then defensively, he's going to be able to be a guy who can make a positive 
impact on that end too. So I think if you have those things in mind when you're drafting him, um, he can really exceed and fulfill that role uh, to a high level. Um, but you you just have to know getting into it that you're not asking him to be you know sort of that um, high level option, or he may not have as high a ceiling as other guys that go after him. Yeah, and I think that's sort of where my issue with um, with Robinson Earl comes in. Um, it's that he sort of reminds me of, and this isn't like a comparison of play style at all, but more just sort of sort of what they represent, right? As like uh, um, like value propositions. Like he sort of reminds me of Corey Kisper, where it's like I don't always love to bet on guys where I feel like like the role is pretty concrete in the NBA and I I don't see a ton of room for for change in that like I just I think you know like Robinson Earl kind of is what he is he doesn't have a lot of room for athletic changes his jump shot I think will improve I'm with you where I think it looks solid um but I don't I don't love the handle um and it's just he is a very good player but I don't I don't know what his path to being like like an above average starter is, if that makes like I think his best role is probably gonna be more so off the bench. Um which is fine. I mean that's you're you're happy to get a bench player and, and I definitely see there's a lot to like with Earl. I just think that I may be a little lower on what that top end outcome looks like, I guess. Yeah, I think the other thing too is like um, defensively too. He's like we've mentioned before. He's a little slow, but I, I think the more concern you have with him defensively is not so much the first step that guys get on him uh, because he's so smart to be able to position himself to sort of seal that off. Um, but like the second, third, fourth, and fifth steps to where a guy's driving towards the rim, where they can just beat him in a foot race, you know. Um, and, and I think that sort of comes into play a little bit defensively. Uh, but in terms of impact and role, like, I'm not comparing him. I am sort of comparing him, but I guess not in, not in like, their abilities or, or their play style, but sort of the role. Um, and Davis can maybe speak on this too, having been a Suns fan. But, like, you see the impact Boris Diaw made, um, even with the Spurs too, and, and on the Suns, just, like, you know, he's, he was never, like, asked to be that go-to score or anything um but the impact he made defensively and as a ball mover and a high iq guy um i think really elevated what a team was able to do uh and i, I think you can get that out of jeremiah robinson at all yeah i i can see that as well um i did i did love boris d out too but um i, I could see it with Robinson Earl, I do buy the shot a little bit. I know he didn't shoot good this year, but um, like you guys were saying, his mechanics are pretty good. He He's not really afraid to shoot either, which is what I like. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see him feeling a, a Boris Diaw type of role. Um, and I think, I think he would, he would do pretty good at that role. And, and I, I think that that role actually does have does bring some value, especially if you can get it in like early second, 
even even late first in some drafts. So yeah, I think that's fair. I I think some my some of where I come from is that I I think that's like harder to reach than we're giving credit for. But I do like Earl and sort of like I mentioned with with Blyenberg, friends Blyenberg in the past is sometimes guys that smart just kind of figure it out. You know, like JJ Barea like should never have been the NBA player he was, but he was so smart that he just uh, given enough time, he just figured it out. So, so maybe that's what you're thinking uh, with Jeremiah Robinson, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is that he's just so smart that eventually it'll all come together and uh, he'll be just fine. Um, yeah. I think that's sort of my brand is like, <laughs> as, as we've sort of learned throughout this is I'm super high on IQ guys and, I'm more willing to take the bet on them figuring it out than maybe like a raw athletic guy um, that, that doesn't necessarily have that sort of IQ at, at that moment. So uh, I think it just sort of falls into place as to um, sort of what I value in a prospect, but that's probably too much time on JRE. Yeah, no, that, that was, that was a good discussion. We had a bit of a disagreement there, but uh, figured it out. Um, another person who, I'll be interested to see if we have a disagreement on because uh, I think there's there's some some polarization among where people have sort of the next two guys we're going to talk about. Um, but Davis, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, tell the people about one Herb Jones from Alabama. Um, so Herb Jones, I think I don't know if I'm lower on than than most people, but I have seen a, f- a few people that are high on him. Um, I'm not one of the ones that are high on him. Uh, I, for the main reason, I just really don't buy the shot. Really don't buy the shooting or even off any like any offensive game. Really, uh, I know he he had a career uh, a career best of like 11 points per game this year, um, and he did shoot a uh, career best from from three point two, but it was still like 34 or 35 percent. It was just for one season. Um, so I, I don't really buy the shooting uh, now. Uh, he is very athletic. Um, he can he can be a slasher. He can probably, uh, you know, catch some lobs or cut to the basket and get an easy dunk or layup. But um, that's really the only role I see offensively. Um, I, I do like him defensively. He's pretty rangy. He has a is a fairly fairly long wingspan, um, but it's just it's just the he needs to improve that jump shot is the main thing. Um, but I think he's like in I don't know like in my seventies right now. So, um, but I, I might need to watch more of him. I just I just he's already like on his fourth year, so he is one of the older prospects. I don't see much of of a ceiling and uh, I just I just don't see like him really filling filling a role in the NBA um and the people there is players that are like similar to him that that I that I rank higher just due to offensive upside so I I think um he might he might get drafted in the second round or um or or get like a two-way but I'm I'm not big on Herb Jones personally. 
Interesting. So I'm I'm a pretty big Herb Jones fan. Um, his his so he was the other guy I was thinking of up there with like smartest defenders in this class. Um, up there with JRE and Garuba and sort of that second tier. Um, really excellent feel for uh, when to make gambles defensively, when to sort of put a hand in the passing lane but also went to bite his time when not to do something like that. Um, moves his feet really well, uh, has excellent burst on that end. And he's pretty big. Uh, he's, I want to say six, eight um, re- and, and long and really uses that to make a difference. Um, can just fly all over the court. Honestly, probably the best ground coverage guy in this class. Um, ground coverage is something I, I really value defensively. Um can just sort of move all around, uh, excellent on closeouts, just like all the little defensive things you really look for in a wing um, he has. So so there's that that I like. And then I also think he has this latent offensive ability with the passing. Um, he's a really interesting passer. And it's just sort of about like, can an NBA team get creative with him and do something interesting uh, and, and really take advantage of that IQ. Because um, if so, I think you could have a really interesting wing uh, player on your hand. Um, but Stone, you've been silent. So uh, break the Herb Jones silence and uh, let us know how you feel about old Herb. <laughs> old Herb. Well, first of all, I do want to say he has one of the best names in the draft. Herb is an underrated name, in my opinion. Herb's an awesome <laughs> name. Uh, that said, I, I think I fall closer on to the Davis side of the spectrum on this um, just because that the offense is really shaky for me. I mean, the defense, you don't have to really sell me on. I think you already have done a pretty good job on explaining why he is a good defender. So I don't even need to really, I, I share pretty much the same beliefs as you on what he brings defensively. So I'm not even really going to bring that up. Um, but my question would to you would be kind of like sort of sell me on what he does offensively because I struggle to see uh, what sort of role he's going to have on that end. So right now it's, it's sort of betting a lot on his athleticism and transition. Um, he, he's a pretty good athlete, especially when it comes to uh, like running, like, like I mentioned the ground coverage that, that doubles in transition open court. He's, he's can be a menace. He can, uh, grab a rebound, go coast to coast. Um, and he's a pretty solid finisher in those situations as well. Um, in the half court, it will be a work in progress. I think he's pretty hit or miss uh, in the half court. He, I'm with, I'm with Davis a little bit where the shot is, is going to take some work. Um, he doesn't look comfortable shooting. He kind of is sometimes off balance or stiff and, he does weird things with his arms sometimes. Like he needs to just sort of quiet it down. Something talked about with hitters in baseball all the time is like quiet it down. He, he sort of needs to quiet down uh, the jump shot. But there is a lot um, to like with him as a passer, potential ball handler, and as a cutter. Um, he has excellent court mapping skills, um, which is something I, I really value in an offensive player. Uh, he can just sort of see where the holes in the defense are and, and exploit them uh, one way or another. Uh, and that's something that's really valuable. Um, it's something that like, it's part of what makes 
friends, such an interesting prospect. Uh, I talked about that with Chucking Darts is that he's such a good court mapper that he can sort of see uh, everything going on and find the holes. And that allows him to contribute to positive offense, even though he, you know, wasn't a great shooter this year. And I see the same with her. I mean, Alabama was one of the better offenses and defenses in the, in the NCAA this season. And Herb played a lot of minutes. Like, he was constantly contributing to good offense. Um, so, so, to me, that sort of means something. Um, what exactly it means, uh, you know, up for interpretation. But I think, I think given some time, he can sort of carve out a role offensively and uh just with that intelligence it's 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 pretty i i know that's like not what you want to hear because there are no set answers with him like as much as i want there to be a this is his his defined role in the nba it's just not there yet um he's just farther away than that but i think in the long term there is there is a world where he where he can be a positive, at least a positive enough offensive player to really take advantage of that uh, really special defense. Yeah, my, I mean, my concern with that though is like he's pretty old, right? Like, I mean, uh, I think in October it is mm-hmm. he's going to be turning twenty three, um, so not not far into the season coming up after he gets drafted, um, which it, it leaves question as to how much room is there developmentally for him to to improve upon because at 23 you're you're already pushing it there with age um so that that would probably be my main concern as far as his development goes with uh, offensively speaking yeah and i understand that that and that's just um it's just sort of me sort of how you're betting on jeremiah and robin jeremiah robinson earl just kind of being smart enough that's sort of my bet on herb jones I just I have a little bit more belief in Herb Jones because he's more athletic and athleticism, I think, sort of substitutes the shooting he doesn't have Um, because he like I think more non shooters uh, play in the NBA than we realize, maybe not in the playoffs. Um, And I think eventually he can develop into into having a role in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, like Matisse Thibel is not a good shooter. Yeah. he plays quite a bit and he is up. Would you say Herb is like as elite as a defender as, as Thibault or can be at least? I would say he can be. Uh, he's bigger than Thibault. I think that means a lot. Um, I, I think that allows him to, to be a different type of help defender. Um, you know, as, as prospects, I, you know, I might even say Herb was probably a, maybe a better defensive prospect just because, Thibault was in that zone at UW. Um, but for me, Jones is, is a really good athlete and already has shown that he has both on-ball and off-ball chops defensively. That's that's pretty solid for me. That's, that's enough for me to buy sort of what he's selling, at, at least for right now. Yeah, um, I guess – uh, the only other thing I would say, I guess, is probably the difference between me being able to buy JRE more so offensively than than Herb is. Well, I guess a couple of things, but one being that um, JRE is like a full two years younger, right? That just leaves like, I think, a whole lot more room for development 
whereas we've seen for what seems like 17 years, but it's in reality, it's been like four years of Herb Jones in Alabama, um, where we he's had four years, you know, and the improvement hasn't really progressed in a way that you'd like it to uh, at this point. Um, the other thing, too, I guess, would just be an eye test. I mean, for me, I think JRE's, like, the mechanics seem a lot more fluid to me than uh, than Herb at this point, and it's just something I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm just overselling JRE in my head, but uh, the age factor plays a big part for me uh, in, in this discussion. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I always sort of struggle with how I want to rate age in the draft. Like I just, and that's something I'm still, I'm going to have to learn, you know, through, through trial and error. I just, generally it's something I value, but with Herb, I still think there's sort of these latent paths to success that just, were never quite maximized at um, at Alabama, uh, even under Nate Oates, as, as excellent as a coach Nate Oates is. I think even he sort of struggled to to get her all the way to where he needed to be. Um, but I, I I understand the skepticism with her. I do, and I'm not like absurdly high on him or anything. I just I think there is some some real potential there because he could be such a game-changing defender if you can just sort of find a place for him offensively it it, it could be something really worth worthwhile for a team yeah uh I suppose that's fair I guess I mean he has a bankable skill right which is defense so that's something going for him right there alone um the offensive end is yet to be determined. I guess I'm just more skeptical on the development trajectory of it, but um, if you buy mm-hmm. into it, then it's definitely uh, worth taking towards the, the higher end of the second round, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, any final words on Herb Jones, or should we move on to our next guy? I, I think I've covered him enough. All right. So uh, we're going to we're gonna move on to a guy who, who kind of gets put into – sort of similar conversation with Herb Jones um, on a pretty consistent basis. And that is uh, Aaron Henry from Michigan State. Another guy just like Herb Jones, who it feels like, you know, we've sort of been talking about forever. I mean, how long has this guy been about to enter the draft? It's probably been three years. He was seen as someone who could maybe be a one and done. And it just, it just never quite all came together for him. But uh, now is the time. It seems like he's going to be entering the draft, and he's a very interesting sort of wing bat. Six-six, uh, pretty strong. Um, you know, his calling card is his defense for sure. But there's some other, there's some other skills with him that uh, some people really buy. Um, so, Davis, I'm going to throw this one to you. Uh, what do you think of Aaron Henry? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I actually like Aaron Henry. Um, I know it might be, like, kind of similar to Herb Jones, but I like Henry a little more offensively. I think he has at least more of, like, a, a mid-range game. Um, he is probably just as, led, as athletic, maybe not. He's not an elite athlete, but he's a good enough 
he's a good enough athlete um, to translate. Uh, defensively, he's he's like he's like Herb Jones. Um, you shouldn't need to be sold on his defense. It's very very good laterally. Um, he's quick with his feet. He's pretty versatile. He's not going to be able to guard um, centers or anything just because I believe he's only like six six. Even though his wingspan, I think, is like, I don't, I've seen ranges from like six eight up up into six eleven, so it's pretty, pretty wide um, difference there. But uh, I I love him on defense, and I I buy his offense more than more than Herb Jones, which is why I would have him higher. Um, I think he only shot like thirty percent from three, uh, but. His shot doesn't look bad. Um, it is inconsistent at times, but um, I, I do I do buy it a little bit more. He he shot seventy six percent or seventy seven percent from the free throw line, which is another indicator. Um, but I like him a lot for for defensive purposes as well. But I think he can at least be a three a three and D guy or at least that catch and shoot. Three and, three and D guy and and can get the occasional backdoor cut dunk and, and layup, but um, I, I do like Henry Henry quite a bit. Uh, yeah, for me, I would say I value Henry a bit more than Herb Jones. Um, the defense you mentioned, I think Herb Jones is probably projects as a little bit um, better of a defender personally. Um, just because I think he's uh, the athleticism helps. He's a little taller. Um, they're just a little bit more there to work with. I think with, with Herb Jones, um, that's not to say Henry at all is a bad defender. I think he's going to be um, uh, a pretty good plus defender um, or at least projects to be at this point. Um, <clears throat> I think I uh, buy his offense definitely a lot more than Herb Jones at this point there. Um, he's a better playmaker. He's better at getting his own shot. That's something I don't think Herb Jones has really shown up until this point. I think Aaron Henry has definitely shown a lot more of that. Um, he's just got better handles to be able to get to his spots. Um, there's just more, I think, to work with there than uh, offensively speaking than, than Jones. And I don't think the variance between Henry and Jones defensively uh, is enough to um, tip the scales enough for me. Um I think also to the shooting, I buy more than Jones. Um, Henry has by no means been like a knockdown shooter uh, at this point. Quite the opposite, actually. Like this year, he shot 30% from three on three attempts, um, which isn't great. But the year before, uh, or at least the two years before, he shot 34% and then 39%. Um, so it's actually steadily decreased. Well, the free throw percentage has steadily increased. Um, but I think there's more flashes and there's, there's a, he shows a bit more um, shooting wise than Herb Jones at this point for me. Um, he still averaged 2.6 stocks a game this year too, which is uh, pretty crazy. Um, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks. Um, so that's, you know, pretty high level numbers there. Uh, he's a high level IQ guy defensively. He knows when to help properly. Um, he seals off point of attack fairly well. Um, just a, a really strong perimeter defender. Um, he, he's 
more I think more than just a simple three and D type guy just because of his ability to kind of create for himself and others uh, more so than guys you typically see in that uh, archetype um, but I think uh, the defense is something that is you can easily see it's translatable and the other skills that he has offensively to me uh, tip the scale and tip the scales in Henry's favor uh, over Herb Jones uh, and then add in the fact that he's about a full year younger too. Um, it's just something I, I think I'd rather bet on at this point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair uh, with Henry. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into a shot a little bit. You mentioned you think that's more projectable than Jones's. Um, I would say it, it, it's probably more projectable than Jones's just because I think Henry does have better touch. Um, Henry has a pretty solid floater, um, but he, he has a really kind of flat shot, like his whole and everything about it, like his jump is pretty flat. The, the, the arc is, is sort of flat. Um, his, his hands are low and he kind of pushes it a little bit. It's just sort of like a, it's not a shot I see being very versatile. Um, he just, I think, you know, he'll hit some shots from the corner, uh, maybe the occasional mid-range pull-up, but he doesn't have a lot of, uh, versatility on that shot at all. Um, and then defensively, I actually think he's maybe a little bit overrated defensively. Um, and I, I think some of that is that I don't necessarily buy the quickness hundred percent. Um, I think like he kind of struggles with some quicker guards and then also he's only six he, he's not you know Herb Jones is six eight almost six nine Henry is like six six and there's some bigger wings that I think are going to be able to take some advantage of that I think that's some of the maybe worry with even like a Moses Moody is that if this guy's a three even though it's just two inches like those two inches do make a difference um you know Henry's good. Henry is a good prospect. He's yeah. he's shown some uh, point guard abilities that are really interesting um, as a passer using that IQ. Uh, ha- has a good feel for how to make passes. Um, but to me, I I just I don't know if it all has really come together uh, to be a complete prospect. And I think that's part of why he's yet to have like a really good season at MSU as well. Yeah, um, I would say defensively, the only, like I said already earlier, I do, I do think Herb Jones is probably a bit better of a defender. Like you said, the height, um, the height helps. He's, I think he's just a vert- more versatile defender than Henry. Um, Henry, I think something that gets undersold with him defensively is how well he navigates screens too. Um, he's really good at, at getting around them or avoiding them, but yet still being impactful on the, whoever he's defending. Um, and the other thing, too, you mentioned with Herb Jones was the balance issue. Like sometimes, you know, I take some wild off balance shots. With Aaron Henry, like in his three years at MSU, I've been hard pressed to ever see a shot where he's not on balance. Like he's very uh, on balance on a wide majority of his shots um which is impressive to me um so that's probably another reason why i'd say i would kind of uh buy henry a little bit more offensively as well um so like i said that 
I think Jones is a bit better of a defender, and that's still by no means saying that Henry is a bad one. Uh, I still think he'll be a positive. I just think the gap between them defensively is not enough to tip the skills for me uh, on the gap between them offensively. That's fair. For me, it probably is. I think Herb Jones is enough of a better defender that, to me, um, it makes up for the fact that Henry is, I would say, the more projectable offensive player, if not the more, like, I actually think Herb Jones's upside is is pretty similar. Like, like each of their top-end offensive outcomes, it's a pretty similar player, where it's this sort of transition threat who can run the occasional backside pick-and-roll and is – an average spacer to the corner, but not ever really a, what you would call a good shooter. Um, But defensively, I think Herb Jones could really be a real havoc maker. And I think at best Aaron Henry is like, like a solid lockdown defender on uh, like twos and threes. And even that, like I think can get overrated because if your defensive value is based on guarding one guy at all times, I just, I don't think that provides the value many think it does. Um, so that's how I view that. Yeah, that's uh, – I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree with <laughs> with these two. Um, but that's that's a lot of time spent on those two. You guys have any other thoughts on them? I'm ready to move on if you guys are. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Uh, so we're, we're going to move on to uh, someone who has been rapidly rising up the boards of some, of some including uh, – one of our own, I think, um, and that is JT Thor from Auburn. Um, sort of had an interesting uh, trajectory this year where he didn't play much um, early in the season and sort of his minutes slowly rose and he slowly became uh, a prospect. And by the end of the season, there are many pounding the drums, including a guy like a PD Webb, uh, pounding the drum that this guy is is something special. So, uh, Davis, do you want to give us the the JT Thor scoop? Um, yeah, so JT Thor is another one of the guys that I liked in, in this group. Um, he has actually been going up my boards too. Um, a lot of it is is just based off potential because, like you said, he, he didn't play much or he didn't play as much as he should have at least. Um, so you, you kind of have to go off the flashes and, and the potential um, with with him. Uh, he maybe could have been benefited from returning, but I, I do like the move to stay to stay in this draft and and go with it. Uh, but I, I his shot is, is really nice for his size. Um, it's it's really high, good good release point, pretty quick, um, and his size just makes it really hard to block. Um, so. He definitely has has that going for him too. He's he's not the best. Uh, like his post game, his inside uh, game can can use a little work, um, but I think it's it's good enough to to get by um, right now. He does need to add add some weight, add some muscle to his frame um, in order to help him more defensively. Um, I just just because he is a little a little skinny right now to to go and guard you know the the Embiid's and you know the the big the big bodies in the NBA but I I do like him a lot um it's going to be a, a waiting game and, and patience for whoever drafts him 
Um, but I, I do see him as a as a three and D stretch four um, player at least. So I like his ceiling a lot, um, and and I have him in like the the late first right now or um, or around there. But but I'm rooting for him. I, I'm glad he, he entered the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see him develop. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so JT Thor obviously has probably one of the best names too in this draft. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to, uh, Buttermilk Jesus on Twitter and Bulls Dynasty. Those guys have been beating the JT Thor drum all season long. Um, and I think just now some people are finally starting to come around a bit on it. Uh, I've had him solidly as a first round guy for a while, but he's now starting to push even towards my lotto. Um, yeah, he's a lot of it is like Davis said, you, it's difficult because you're basing a lot of it on hypothetical trajectory, um, which is always sort of leaves room for skepticism. Uh, but we talk about, I mean, this guy might be the best lateral mover in the entire draft, uh, especially relative to his size at six foot 10. Um, I think he has like a seven one or seven two wingspan as well. Um, but man, like the way he moves at his size is, is pretty incredible. Um, Keon Johnson's probably in, in the mix too for best lateral mover, but it's, it's probably between those two for me. Um, he can defend the perimeter at his size super well, um, stick with guys, mirror guys, uh, at his size. That's just really, really crazy. And, um, because how, of how big he is, it, it makes a big impact. He can be. Um, he can like he if he hits his higher end outcomes defensively he can be like a legitimate um, like scary force on that end Um, super fluid mover for his size Uh, I know we always gush about Kai Jones on this podcast but JT Thor is probably right up there in terms of uh, fluidity and relative to their size Um, he's got a really really quick first step for his size as well um he's which is really interesting like from the perimeter if you're able to uh get around your defender especially since you know um guys defending him will probably be like a lot of fours maybe even some fives uh if he's able to you know get to the rim quicker than they can uh, that can be a, a really impactful skill for him um shooting is definitely the main concern for him at this point the mechanics i mean they're funky like but I don't, it's funky, but I don't think it can be, it can be like Kessler Edwards funky where it can stay weird, but, but still be useful. Um, whereas, you know, like I, I always go back to Sharif and I feel sorry if he ever listens to this, he probably won't, but um, it, like those mechanics, there's the difference between mechanics that are weird, that are never gonna, that are weird that hold you back and that are weird that you can still use. And I think JT Thor's are, are weird, but it's in a way that you can still work around it. Um, it's still really compact and like a streamlined shot too. Um, so we'll see what goes on with that. But it's, I mean, he's shown like streaks where he can hit two, three in a row, you know, and get streaky from, from three. So there's, um, 
there, there's things like that that leave room for optimism for you to where you can see him as a floor spacer at the next level. Um, yeah, I just mentioned that, like, I, I don't think you can really undersell the fluidity and the speed for his size. Like, he moves insanely well um, for how big he is. Um, and that's something you just you don't see. Um, at this point, too, the other thing I would say he's offensively is as a passer, he's not – he's like – I would say he's a bad passer at this point. Like, um, he just makes poor reads. Um, some of his passes can be kind of lazy. Um, you know, maybe that's something he can clean up at the next level, but I don't think he's ever really going to change a game with his passing. Um, that, that's not just something I don't think that's within his range of outcomes, uh, at least from what he's showing up until this point. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have to say about JT Thor. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him, Brace? So, to me, Thor is sort of like, um, sort of like Baby Kai Jones in that it's like a lot of flashes. Um, I would say his flashes are quite a bit less impressive than Kai's, and and I'm not going to compare the two. Um, but there's a lot to like with Thor. Um, I mean, to start out, to me, I think some people like like think of athleticism differently than I do. Um, to me, the three best athletes in this class are uh, Kai Jones, JT Thor, and um, and uh, Keon Johnson, um, because a big part of athleticism for me is sort of the functionality and fluidity you have with it. And uh, Thor is really functional, really fluid, um, killer in transition. Uh, I think he will guard one through four pretty solidly. Uh, in the NBA, um, though there are some issues with that that I'll get to. Um, and offensively, you know, you kind of see where if he can get that shot down, where attacking closeouts could be a real weapon for him, along with uh, the transition play he's going to offer. Um, for me, I, I think my worry you know, is less the shot. Uh, I do buy the shot. I think it looks I think it looks OK. Um, it is sort of funky, but but there's nothing like glaring that I'm like, oh, that needs fixed. Um, you know, maybe kind of like tight, just tighten it up a little bit. Um, but I I think he can kind of get lost out there sometimes. He, he's a couple steps behind from like a a, a basketball IQ standpoint. Um, on both ends offensively he sort of can miss these pretty obvious passes or he can be he can be slow to 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 see how a play is developing uh, miss miss cuts he should really make um and defensively that shows up too where he sort of misses some rotations at the nail um it's kind of slow to close out to a guy or there were even a couple plays where he sort of like picked up the wrong guy uh, in sort of like semi-transition and, and let the other team get an open bucket. Um, not things that I, I think will plague him forever, but indicative of that I don't – I worry he'll never be able to take full advantage of his athletic tools. Um, but there's a lot to like with Thor. I have him – at this point I moved him uh, pretty close to 20. I would take him as high as 18. Um, there's a lot to like with Thor. Really – really interesting player with a lot of interesting uh skill sets yeah for sure there's um 
the other thing too is we say like how well he moves for his size and stuff and he takes advantage of that especially in transition like he has some long strides and he like in a matter of two steps you know he can be across the half court it seems like um so he's he, he uses his length well um, and that's something I, i've always said too is i like guys who can fully maximize what they can do with their athletic tools and gifts um and something I think uh, JT Thor is still learning, but um, has shown bits and pieces of uh, throughout the season. Um, you mentioned there's still some pieces where he's places where he's still lost. Um, I think some of that's just being raw <clears throat> too. Um, he played on a young team. He's still young himself. I think there's a lot of growing for him to still do. He's not going to be, <clears throat> you know, like a super, impactful guy uh maybe his rookie year um but i think you know as a a little bit more of a project piece if you know it's going to be maybe two three years um down the line he can really be impactful i think um defensively he can still probably be a plus defender on that end his rookie year but uh moving forward there's there's more untapped potential for thor than uh he was able to show this year for sure yeah, I, I would agree. Um, important note, too, uh, he got to play with Sharif Cooper and uh, fun lob threat. He was a very fun lob threat uh, yeah. with Sharif. Um, how would you, uh, real quick, how would you uh, break down his shooting? Um, like I said, I, I think, it, would you say it's still something that can be functional? Um, like, if he keeps his form currently? The only thing I have an issue with is he starts his release motion from like his hip. Which is, yeah, which that's really low. He's he has a really exaggerated dip, uh, not quite like a like a Brandon Boston Jr., but but kind of close to that. Um, he he really needs to get that uh, that that start point higher. Um, he kind of can kind of finish with the catapult shot where it's like right at his forehead and he's and he gets a lot of arc pushing the ball up. Um, that's what I like too, because he's so tall. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the, the shot. That's the shot I like. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's. I think that works for him. It's just he just needs to tighten it up. Like sometimes his feet are too wide, or his hip will kind of like he'll just be like slightly off balance. Like one hip will be slightly towards more closer to the rim than the other in sort of a weird way. Um, you can tell he's never like shot a lot. Like uh, if you go back and I watched him a little bit in high school because. I kind of thought he was going to be one and done. And then throughout the year, I was like, oh, never mind. He won't be. And now it's like, oh, he will be, I guess. All right. So uh, we had some slight technical difficulties. So if the JT Thor conversation ended like really abruptly, um, you can thank my uh, my Wi-Fi. Um, so but we're going to move on to another guy who I didn't think was going to be a one and done. So I didn't do much scouting on him until just recently. Um, and that's Josh Primo from Alabama. Um Primo was someone who, who got like a lot of hype um, from the sort of uh, like the really smart high school people um, on draft Twitter, guys like Mike Rib um, preseason. And then it never really fully came to uh, fruition until sort of after the season, people started to really pay attention to um, what they thought Josh Primo could offer. So um, Stone, do you want to, Give us a little quick rundown on Josh Primo. Yeah, uh, Josh Primo is really interesting to me. 
Um, really high IQ guy. Uh, so obviously right off the bat, he has my attention there. Um, really strong defender. He uses that IQ well um, in terms of his defense to um, applying it to uh, be able to make the proper reads um, and, and positioning himself really well. Another thing to note too is he's one of the youngest guys in this draft. Um, he's still only 18. So there's still a lot of um, growing and potential for him uh, on the horizon. Um, so that's, I think, another driving force as to why people are um, steadily rising on him more. Um, the other thing is he's obviously a really, really good shooter. Um, he's He has this weird little thing, too, um, when he shoots. I don't know how much of an issue it will be where he sticks his elbow, his left elbow out really, really far. Um, but it hasn't hindered him at all, so I'm not worried about it. Um, he's been, you know, shooting uh, at a really high level, shows lots of flashes of touch. Um, so he just projects out to me as like a really strong 3 and D type guy and still really, really young. Um, so that archetype and that youth um, is something that I, I really like in him. Um, he's still like 6'6", six, six. Uh, but like I mentioned with his age, maybe there's room for him to grow another two inches or so. I uh, could really make him even more so of a versatile defender. Um, he's really smart, uses his IQ well in terms of being a lane filler. Um, like I mentioned earlier with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, there's there is some guys that kind of just run and try and fill gaps, um, but with Primo, he does it in a way where it's impactful. Um, All right, so, yeah, um, I actually – like Primo as well, uh, I didn't really start hearing about him until a little bit ago, but I actually watched him. So I, I do like him. I buy the shot a lot. Um, I think it was like 38% from three this year, which which isn't bad. But I think it can even it can even get better, but I think it'll probably stay in, in that range with, with the higher volume. But, um, yeah, he's the youngest, like 18. Um, he might might grow bigger, which would be crazy because he's already six six for for a shooting guard. Um, so defensively, he has the length and the size um, and the quickness to to stay in front of um, smaller guards and even even bigger forwards. Um, but yeah, I like I like the potential. It's a lot of potential with him. Um, I think there's there's some untapped uh, potential as well with with ball handling um, that he didn't really show at, at Alabama. Um, but I, I, I like Primo. Uh, I think he signed with the agent. I'm not sure. He might, he might not have, but uh, he might, I mean, he, uh, sorry. Um, he, he didn't sign with the agent or he did. I, I don't know, but um, I, I think he, I think did, he would pitch out. Oh, okay. He did, but he retained eligibility. So I think Thor, he does get drafted. I, I, I would definitely draft him. Yeah. Yeah, Thor did. Thor did. Um, I would definitely draft Primo. I think he's pretty high on my board right now, like 35. Um, so I, I like the potential a lot with, with him. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed watching Primo. Um uh he he just does like a lot of things well. Um good shooter, smart cutter, good defender, um, you know, stuff like that. I just sort of buy, um, if you're good at that many things that, that bodes well for you. 
Um, I don't know if I ever see like, like, I don't know what upside I see with him, but he could be a very solid role player at the next level. Um, it's just sort of about, it's just sort of about capitalizing on, on what he brings. Um, I will say I, I, he wasn't quite the athlete I had like thought he was. Um, he definitely has some athletic flashes, but it, it was a, he's, he's a little bit slower on the perimeter than I would have hoped. Not that he's slow, but he can sort of get his hips twisted the wrong way and struggle to recover. Um, but all in all, like he's a, he's a pretty solid prospect. Um, there's just a lot of two guards in this draft. Like that's, there's a lot of depth at that position in this draft. Um, and that might be one of the tougher things for him is just, uh, he, he's going to have a lot of competition. Um, but with him sort of remaining, retaining eligibility, um, there's a, there's a chance, there's a chance he goes back to school, but I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think there's a team that would draft him in the, in the early, early second round, because to me, he's worth a full NBA contract because he's so young, but there's also a chance he, like, he has a path to providing very early value in the NBA. Um, just with that shooting, with the defense he does provide, the intelligence, it's it's pretty easy to see him being a part of a good offense pretty early on. So, yeah, I, I like Primo probably not as much as Thor, um, and but probably maybe a little bit more than his uh, his teammate Herb Jones. Yep, I would uh, agree. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we got anything else to say on uh, Josh Primo? Uh, now he's a pretty kind of prospect for me. Yeah. Same here. I think he's pretty, pretty simple. Uh, just all face potential, which I like. Yeah. So, before we get out of here, um, do you want to rank the five guys we were able to talk about today? Um, let's throw it to Stone first. Uh, yeah, so I'll go JT Thor and JRE in the top tier. Um, I know that's not going to be a popular opinion, but whatever. Um, and then I would have uh, Henry, Primo, and uh, Henry, Primo, and Jones, I guess, would be in a tier below. Um, but I would have it, and I would have them in that order as well. All right, uh, Davis. So I have JT Thor first. Um, JT JT Thor. I actually have Josh Primo, uh, Robinson are right behind Primo, and then I have Henry uh, right behind Robinson Earl, and then pretty farther down the list is Herb Jones. All right. Interesting. So we have some fun rankings here. So um, for me, I have uh, I, I do have JT Thor first uh, tier of his own uh, best player out of these guys, in my opinion. And then I have uh, Herb Jones and Josh Primo right next to each other. And then a tier down, I have JRE and Aaron Henry. Um, that's just how I see those guys. Um, but yeah, this has been uh, this has been a fun episode. Uh, so just so everyone knows, we mentioned this on the last podcast, and this time I'm going to be the one doing this out part of the outro. Um, 
we have t-shirts on sale um not for profit or anything but uh just some fun t-shirts we made to sort of commemorate the podcast and draft twitter as a whole uh, uh around friends blindberg who we had on the podcast and hopefully at some point we'll have on the podcast again uh we'll see um but we love him and, and we wanted to to get some shirts to commemorate that and um uh, we also we do a weekly uh, live show on halftime on the halftime app, um, where we just we we take any questions and get to participate with everyone, and then we're gonna do one of those live shows uh, on the draft and one on the draft lottery. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're interested in participating more with Upside Swings, um, those are good ways to to sort of get involved. Um, Stone, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at report underscore court. Uh, I post all the work I do, uh, both solo and with the podcast there, um, in- including uh, my work with lines.com. Um, and the other thing I would say real quick on the, uh, the halftime app is if you use locker room a lot, um, the halftime app is basically like that with the live audio shows. Uh, but in addition to that, you also get like these really cool articles and things that people post. Um, so it's even a little bit more uh, interactive and in-depth than Locker Room. Um, so if you like Locker Room, you'll like the Halftime app as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Davis, do you want to let the people know where they can find you? Yeah, so you can definitely follow me on Twitter, at SportsByDavis. You'll see all my big boards, mock drafts, and all the basketball talk right there. Yeah, uh, I'm at BryceHendrick14 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Upside Swings. Uh, feel free to DM any of us or um, the podcast itself if you have any questions or ideas. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.